welcome to this episode of Marvelous Mouse Talk. I'm your host, Marcella Zerman, and I'm joined today by Brenda Tackett. Hi. As always, this podcast is brought to you by MarvelousMouseTravels.com, where we're creating marvelous memories one family at a time. Brenda recently took a cruise with the Silver Sea Cruise with the Silver Sea Cruise Line on the Silver Spirit and is here to share her experience with us. Hi, Brenda. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> really good. I I still feel like I'm a little jet lagged. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, you went on an awesome vacation. Like I can't, I honestly can't wait to hear all about it. I got to see your pictures and follow along like on our, not only Marvelous Mouse Travels, but I also like your own personal pictures. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It really, really was definitely a trip of a lifetime. That is for sure. Do you want to start with a little bit about maybe the ship and what your ports were with this one? Sure. So like you already said, this is called the Silver Spirit. So Silver Sea is actually under the Royal Caribbean umbrella. It is considered an ultra luxury cruise line. So this is unlike anything you'll see anywhere else. Um, We started in Lisbon, Portugal, and then we sailed just around Portugal and hit some spots in Spain. So we stopped in Cadiz. And then one of my favorite parts is it went through the um, Strait of Gibraltar, which is just a very thin 15 mile wide area of water where you can see Morocco on the continent of Africa. And then you can see Spain on the other side. So that was really cool. And then we stopped at Malaga, Spain, uh, Cartagena, Spain, Valencia, Spain, Mallorca, which is where I'm going to live after my kids are out of college. And then (laughs) um, we ended in Barcelona. So that was kind of our our itinerary, and it was just unbelievable. So a little bit about the ship. Um, It is an ocean liner, so it's not, you know, it's not one of your river cruises. So it is an actual ocean liner because we were sailing in the Atlantic at the beginning, and then we went into the Mediterranean. Um, It holds 608 people. So it is a smaller vessel. Um, It's not as wide because almost every cabin on this ship has a balcony. So there's very few that do not. And those that do not have panoramic windows. So basically when you're walking down the hallway, you're not gonna have interior cabin. You have your balconies on one side, your balconies on the other. So it kind of makes this ship very unique in that aspect. Um, It was recently refurbished in 2018. So, you know, it is updated. The cabins are unbelievable. I could not believe my eyes when I walked in because, you know, I've sailed many, many cruise lines. And this is definitely the largest cabin I've ever stayed in. It had a walk-in closet, which I don't even have a walk-in closet at my house. <laughs> um, it had me on that, though. When I saw pictures of that, I was like, wow. <laughs> I know. I know. I couldn't believe it. And then it had the bathroom. It had not only a stand-up shower that was of a fairly large size, but it also had a soaking tub that was a normal size soaking tub. So that was crazy. Um, And then the sitting area was large. You just, you didn't feel confined. It was a 
very, very lovely space to stay in. And I thought the balcony was a great size. Um, but one thing that also really stands out and what makes this an ultra luxury brand is the fact that it's an all butler ship. So every cabin has a butler that will do whatever you ask. So some some guests had the butler unpack and pack their suitcases for them. Um, Harry and I had, we set up at the beginning that he delivered coffee to our stateroom at 6.30 every morning. Um, you know, so it was just whatever you want, they will will do that for you. So that was really neat. And we may or may not have ordered room service at two o'clock in the morning at times. So <laughs> um, that was that was really great. You're definitely spoiled on this ship for sure. It sounds um, like you are. Yes, yes. It has uh, it had ten decks. So the very top deck was more just for walking around. It had uh, a lounge up on the ninth deck called Panorama that we we hung out at every night. Um, and then it did you know has a pool, it has a couple hot tubs, plenty of chair space. Uh, you can you know kind of walk around the top deck and treat it as a walking. Um, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Um, like a track, you know, a walking track. Um, it did have a fitness facility. It has a casino on board. Um, and of course, multiple restaurants, which I know we'll get into later um, in the podcast, but yeah, just a great ship. Really, really pretty ship. So that, now that you brought up food though, um, what was the food like on the ship? Um, delicious. I cannot speak more highly about the food. Um, I would like to kind of talk a little bit about some of the restaurants before I do just when I mentioned about having room service, the room service is actually included. So 24 seven room service, there's no additional charge for that. Um, so yeah, we, we did have that at two in the morning. That's um, always a nice part though. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now there is, uh, one restaurant on board called Station which is kind of like a, it's a fusion of flavors. So it reminded me a lot of like a, an Asian restaurant with, with sushi and that kind of stuff. But that did have a surcharge. I believe that was $40 if you wanted to eat there. We did eat there one night and it was delicious. Um, but all the rest is included. So we had um, Silver Note was one of my favorite ambiances of all the restaurants. They had a piano player, and then they brought out the most amazing singer. It was kind of like a jazz lounge type thing, um, but very unique cuisine in that one. Um, they turned the the buffet, which is where we would have breakfast and lunch upstairs, they would turn that into an Italian restaurant every night. And that was unbelievable. That was probably my favorite meal in terms of food. That was unbelievable. Um, Atlantide is the one where that's kind of your go-to dining experience at night. So you did have to have reservations at some of the other places, even though they were you know, included in terms of price. So if you didn't have a reservation, then you ate at Atlantide. Uh, so that was delicious. Um, there was kind of a more casual uh, restaurant that we ate for lunch one day and then they had the grill which also we did lunch and that had the best burger I've ever eaten on a ship 
So, so definitely the food options were plenty. Um, Indochine is another one, uh, kind of had an Asian accented uh, food options we ate there. Um, so, I mean, just whatever you want, there was, there was a little bit for everybody. So delicious. And I loved the buffet. And are reservations required for all of these restaurants? Are you able to just show up? No. So you can show up at the grill. You can show up at pizza place, um, Atlanta. Like I said, the other ones, though, like the Italian, the silver note, um, and Indochine and Seychine, you needed the reservations for. So, but people were able to get them while they were on board if you didn't get them in advance. So that wasn't a problem. That's good to know. Yes. And all drinks are included. There's no need to purchase a beverage package or anything like that. Everything is included. So what is there to do on the, on the ship aside from eating? <laughs> Wait, yeah. Cause that sounds like a really good thing. <laughs> I mean, I could, but I just want to make sure that there's other stuff out there. Right, right. So each day they would have different activities that they would put in your daily chronicles that would be sitting in your stateroom waiting for you. Uh, so for instance, they have, they always had a musician, you know, playing at certain times throughout the day, um, could go into the casino. They had plenty of like wine tasting events. Um, trying to think of what else. So we did have some wonderful singers we listened to one night. They were supposed to perform out on the deck, but due to some weather, they ended up performing in the lounge. And they were great. They did, you know, movie hits from you know, 50 years ago to today. And you know, it was great. They were dancing and singing. And, um, you know, if you wanted a nightlife that you could stay up at Panorama, which was the lounge that we hung out every night and they don't close until the last person leaves. So that was a lot of fun. Um, they did do some trivia games. Um, there were no children on board this ship. So in terms of, you know, average age it was definitely you know middle age or higher uh you know see this being more about your port stops and enjoying europe than it is really what's happening on the ship because we were at a port pretty much every single day except for our first days so you know there there really wasn't a lot of time to be on the ship um and we didn't get back on until probably five or six in the evening after being in our port. And then it was time to get ready for dinner and we would have dinner at seven or eight at night. So it, it was kind of just a different way of, of living for a while there on the ship. I'm not used to eating at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> so it's, yeah. 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 And of course the pool was nice, you know, during the day, especially our day at sea, you know, people were laying out on the chair, on the deck chairs and um, reading and, you know, just enjoying themselves. Oh, they had a lovely coffee lounge also where I would see some people working or just talking over coffee and they would have little desserts in there. So that was a really nice area to hang out. So as you mentioned, the ports are the biggest highlight of, you know, taking one of this these embarkments. So um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your stops? Because they all looked amazing. Yes, I would absolutely love to. So 
I highly, highly recommend arriving at least one day early so you can enjoy your first port stop where you're getting on the ship. So for us, it was in Lisbon, Portugal, which they pronounce Lishbao. I kept seeing, you know, for us, it's spelled L-I-S-B-O-N. And I kept seeing L-I-S-B-O-A. And I thought, what's going on here? But that's how they say it. So it's Lishbao, Portugal. What a gorgeous city. I am so glad we came in early. We stayed at a nice hotel. We stayed at the Four Seasons the night before. And we, you know, got our own tour guide to come take us around for a couple hours. And we just didn't really enjoyed the town of Lishbao. So definitely come in early. Um, the port itself was very close to everything. Um, it is a port city, obviously. So, you know, very easy to get around and find the port. Um, and, you know, right now we're still dealing with some COVID protocols for Europe. So, you know, we did have to present a co- negative COVID test and show our, our vaccine cards. Uh, that is a requirement still. Um, but obviously, you know, those kind of things will change over time. So definitely ask your travel advisor before going to these different countries because the entry for Portugal was different than the entry for Spain. So, um, you know, that's definitely a big thing to talk to your travel advisor about. But anyway, um, so after Portugal, our first stop was in Cadiz. And it was very interesting because we arrived in Cadiz in the evening. So we actually stayed there and got to go into the town the day we arrived. And we were there the whole next day. So uh, one thing I want to mention about this, this particular cruise line your excursions are included as well, which is crazy. So you pay this one price and then you don't pay anything else (laughs) the whole time. So that was really neat. Now you had your choice of which one you wanted to do. So most people like normal passengers have anywhere from five to 11 different excursions to choose from. For us, because this was an organized event, they narrowed it down to what they considered the best two excursions for us to choose from. So um, they were all great. I mean, in in Cadiz, the first night we got off and they had arranged a dinner at a local restaurant. And that was one of my favorite evenings. The wine was flowing, the food, they just kept bringing more and more food out. I got up and I got, I was dancing with one of the cooks and it was just such a neat experience. And we really got to feel the culture of Spain and of Cadiz. And um, we did a bus tour for part of the day. And then they actually gave us a lot of free time, which was also one of my favorite things because we just kind of wandered around and we shopped and just enjoyed the sights and took pictures of the beautiful architecture and, um, so that was great. I loved Cadiz. I would definitely go back to Cadiz. A lot of history there. Um, Malaga was neat. Um, gosh, I'm trying to even remember. We did so much. So Malaga is the birthplace of Pablo Picasso. So the ports, the uh, excursion we chose was we actually went to see his house and we went to a Picasso museum. So that was really neat. Um, and then we stopped in had some coffee and some meats and cheeses at one of the local little places in Malaga. So I, I enjoyed that as well. 
Cartagena, I was one of the only ones that actually got off the ship in Cartagena because it was raining a little bit that day. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to not see a new town in Spain. So I got off. I just put my umbrella up. They provided umbrellas and ponchos and just went right into the town. Um, and I'm really glad I did. I got to see an old, there's a lot of Roman history actually here. So if you've ever been to the Colosseum in Rome, they actually discovered one in Cartagena back in 1988 underneath some buildings. So they have dug that up and it's actually kind of a mini theater version of the Colosseum in Rome. So really incredible to see. Um, so I'm glad I got off at that stop. Valencia, we actually drove um, kind of further away. We didn't stay in Valencia. We drove to a couple towns nearby where we got to see some caves and we had some wine and saw how they, you know, how they make the wine. And uh, so that was that was a neat stop. And I think I mentioned this earlier. Mallorca was next. It's the little island off the coast of Spain. It's about a 25 minute quick plane ride from Ibiza. Um, oh, my gosh, I'm moving to Mallorca. If you want to join me, join me because this town, I just love this entire island. We did hop on a boat or a boat. Oh, we did hop on a bus. I'm sorry. And we drove about 45 minutes to a town called Valdemosa. And uh, it's mountainous and the views are incredible. It's where Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas own a home because it is just that gorgeous. The town of Valdemosa is just the cutest thing I've ever seen. Um, then we did end up going to La Granja, which is another town where we got to see this really cool old barn um, that they've turned into a museum and just beautiful greenery, waterfalls. I mean, it was incredible. Um, and then, of course, we did end up in Barcelona, which in Barcelona, you disembark. So at that point, your cruise is over. But again, I highly recommend staying an additional day. You have to go see Barcelona. We stayed at a hotel in Barcelona, um, right in the heart of the town. And we hired somebody to come and we did an eight-hour walking tour. It did include some taxis in there. Um, but if you've ever seen the architecture of Gaudi, it's, it, it's the most unique and incredible architecture I've ever seen. We got to tour a couple of the couple of the buildings that he designed along with uh, La Familia Sagrada, which is a basilica. And it's probably the most incredible basilica I've ever seen. And our tour guide just made it even that much more incredible because she was such a great storyteller and was explaining all of the different pieces that were on the basilica. It's not done yet. Um, I think they're expecting it to be finished in 2025, but they've been working on it for over a hundred years. If that tells you anything. Wow. Um, yeah. So it just, my day in Barcelona was amazing and I definitely want to go back visit there. So yeah, I, I, this is so fun reliving this experience and I, I, I can't wait to share more pictures with everybody. So it was great. I highly recommend. <laughs> so out of this, Wonderful vacation that you just took. What is your most memorable event? So I might just have to say a couple because it's hard to pinpoint just one because how can you be in Portugal and Spain and 
not have many, many, many memorable things, but definitely being in Khadiv at that restaurant and dancing with the woman who was a cook and she came out and just, we had the best time and she gave me this big hug at the end. She didn't speak my language. I didn't speak her language yet. We just had this bond and I, I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. Um, I think Barcelona was one of my favorite days because I just, I could not believe the architecture and just the history and everything biblical that was brought into a lot of the buildings and the designs. Just such beauty in Europe in general and in these towns that I really soaked in every second and appreciated every second. So definitely go do something like this at some point in your lifetime. (laughs) You won't regret it. I mean, it just, it's definitely a bucket list now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It needs to be. It needs to be, and it was worth it. It was worth traveling that far and worth the jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Brenda, for coming on today and discussing your your cruise with us. It sounds amazing. I mean, I'm just, I'm a little bit jealous that you got to experience this. Um, and I'd also like to thank you as well for listening to this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be one of the first to know when a new episode has been released. If you'd like to get in touch with Brenda, who was featured on today's show, or any other travel advisor with Marvelous Mouse Travels to plan a silver sea cruise, please visit our website, www.marvelousmousetravels.com. I'll provide a link in our show notes. We hope you have a marvelous week, and we'll talk to you soon.